right? I try not to rush, but uh, Matthew chapter 10, and uh, we're going to begin reading in verse number 32 of Matthew chapter number 10. Verse number 32, we'll read down to verse number 39 of Matthew chapter number 10. The Bible says here, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I come to set a man, a man rather at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. Verse 37 says, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. The topic of the message this evening, as we've tried to study a little mini-series on how to make godly decisions. Uh, tonight we're going to look at which right is correct. Have you ever been there where you've, you have a choice or a decision to make between two good things? Uh, something that's good and right and something else that's also good and right? Uh, so hopefully tonight we can see some biblical principles to help us uh, be able to navigate those deci- decisions uh, for the glory of God. Let's have one last quick word of prayer and we'll get into the message. Father, we pray that you would bless us tonight. Speak to, uh, to us, to our hearts. Holy Spirit, may you have uh, free will and free reign here in this place. Help us, Lord, to be attentive to what you have for us. May you be honored and glorified. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. In 1946, Akio Morita uh, and another man started a new company called Tokyo Telecommunications Engineering. Uh, they started this business, this company, in a bombed-out department store in Tokyo, Japan. In 1955, Mr. Morita's company made the world's first portable transistor radio. An American company named Bulova, or, or Bulova rather, uh, offered to buy the radios at a handsome profit uh, to Mr. Morita. Uh, they, they made a, a pitch to him. They said, hey, you sell us your radios, you sell us your technology, uh, we'll give you lots of money. Uh, but the deal troubled Mr. Morita. Under the deal, Bulova would sell the radios under their name, and of course he would get no credit. Morita wanted to establish his own company's brand name, and so even though the deal would have brought his struggling company a much-needed infusion of cash, Morita decided against the deal, telling the executives at Bulova, I, I quote, I am now taking the first step for the next 50 years of my company. Morita's company went on to become one of the greatest success stories in business. Besides that transistor radio, they built the first VCR. Amen. You remember VCRs, right? They built the first VCR. They built the first compact disc player. Amen. CD players. Right. We don't even hardly use those anymore. Uh, incidentally, by the time that he had turned down this deal from Bulova, uh, Morita and his his partner had already changed the name of his company. Can you guess what the name of the company is? Close. It's Sony. Sony. And so imagine 
uh, this fellow, uh, Akio Morita, he's in this perplexing situation. He has a decision to make between something that's good. There's nothing wrong with him selling his product. There's nothing wrong, as a matter of fact, it'd be profitable for him. Uh, it would be even beneficial for him. It would be a blessing to him. But at the same time, he wants to build his own company, build his own name. And, and eventually, there's nothing wrong with that either. And he has a decision to make. Uh, you see, you and I are put in those positions as well. Uh, you and I are placed in a in a corner at times when we have to choose between between something. I don't know what is wrong with my my mouth tonight. It is not cooperating. Uh, you have to choose between something that's good and something else that's also good. You see, it's easy to make a decision uh, when something is wrong and something is right. Now we don't always make the right decision, amen. Because sometimes we still choose to do the wrong. Uh, are y'all with me? Can I get a witness? No, I'm just, uh, <laughs> let's get a testimony. Um, but listen, it's easy to know the difference between right and wrong. But what do we do when we have to make a decision between right and right? Which right is correct? Go, oh, thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Uh, maybe that will straighten things out. All right. Uh, it, it, this is very similar to uh, what Ken and Retha Lakeberg had to do in 1993. Their twin daughters were born conjoined. They shared the same liver. They shared the same heart. Doctors said that they would not survive if they remained conjoined for the rest of their life. A surgery to separate them would cause one of them to die immediately. What do you do? Is it right to uh, have one survive? Yes. Is it right to have the other survive? Absolutely. Uh, they had to choose which child had the best chance of survival. They didn't have the choice between right and wrong. They had to choose between right and right. And to be quite honest with you, I, I don't know because I don't have it in my notes exactly what choice they made. Uh, but can you imagine being in that position? Can you imagine having to decide uh, which one of your children you're going to allow to pass so the other can survive? You see, we're faced with these kinds of decisions all of the time. Uh, what do we do when we have to choose between two things that are good and right, two things that are, are, are not bad or wrong? How can we make the best decision? How can we be sure to please the Lord between choosing with, between one right and another right. Look at our passage in Matthew chapter number 10. Look at verse number 37. Uh, this is very interesting to me. What the Lord says here in verse 37. He says, he that loveth father. Well, let's stop right there for a second. Is it right to love your father? Everybody with me? Amen if it's right to love your father. Yes, amen. Okay, let's continue. He says, he that loveth father or mother. Let's stop right there. Is it right to love your mother? It's right to love your mother. He goes on to say, he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Uh, let me ask you a third question. Is it right to love the Lord Jesus? Yes. It's absolutely right to love the Lord Jesus. It's absolutely right to love our parents. Uh, let's continue. Uh, and he that loveth son or daughter, is it right to love our children? Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. We should do that. But he goes on to say, he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. What is the Lord Jesus Christ saying here? What he's saying, he's not saying that we should not love our children. He's not saying that we should not love our parents. He's not saying that. What he's saying is we should not love them more than we love him. You see, there's, there's a, a right and another right, but one right is greater than the other right. 
Uh, one right is, I can say, more right than the other right. And so how do we choose? Uh, how do we decide when we're in that position, when we don't know the difference between right and wrong, when we don't know which is more important, which is more right, okay? And so hopefully tonight I can help you with this. Uh, I, most of the principles that I'm going to share with you this evening, I read in a book that I read years ago, and it helped me tremendously, tremendously. Uh, they're all biblical principles, of course, and so let's look at them tonight. Let's look at point number one. Number one, which is the commanded right? Which is the commanded right? When you're in that position trying to decide, should I do this or should I do that? You could say it this way, uh, choosing something better over something good. Which is the commanded right? Uh, there are some things in the Bible that are commanded for us to do. There are other things in the Bible that are encouraged. Uh, that God says, you know, it would help you if you do this. And you should do this. And, and you should do that. But there are other things that God says, thou shalt. You, you with me? You must do this. Uh, not you should, not you, it will help you if you do. I, I don't encourage it. No, no, no. He says, you must do this. And so we must choose the commanded right. Okay, let me sh- share some examples with you. We are commanded as Christians to have a prayer time. Time with the Lord. Uh, we are commanded to pray without ceasing. We are commanded that uh, we should pray always. Uh, we are commanded that in everything, by prayer and supplication, let our requests be made known unto God. We are commanded to pray. Uh, but we're also uh, commanded to read the Bible. And so, uh, what do we do when, when we're, we're commanded to read the Bible? We're, we're commanded to, to, to uh, pray. We're commanded to witness. We're commanded to, to, to do these various things, to attend church. These are commands. But what do we do when those commands go up against something that's just encouraged? When we, when we, 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 we're trying to decide, should I go to church? Should I read the Bible? Should I pray? Uh, should I witness? Uh, or should I do something else that's not bad, that's not wrong? Hey, we need to choose the commanded right. You see, we don't have a choice in the matters of Bible reading, prayer, witnessing, tithing. Amen? We don't have a choice. God commands those things. Uh, let's make sure that we do the commanded right. Okay, let's make it practical. All right? For those of you that are here tonight, and, and if this is your situation, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, rub salt in a wound or any, in any way, uh, but just pretend that there is a wife here tonight uh, that has that's saved or maybe listening at home that is saved and has an unsaved husband. However, that happened, unsaved husband uh, or vice versa, uh, a, a, a saved husband, an unsaved wife. Uh, but that unsaved husband goes to the wife and he demands he demands that she not go to church on Sunday. Now, it's right for that wife to submit to her husband, as the Bible says. But it's also right for that wife, that Christian lady to go to church. And so, who is she to obey? Who is she to submit to? Who is she to listen to? Listen, we have to be careful. Now, what is the commanded right? The commanded right is God says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Uh, We should assemble. Uh, We should gather. God is a greater authority than your husband, ladies. Y'all with me? Everybody awake tonight? God is a greater authority. He says in Romans 13, 1, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for, is th- for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. The Bible tells us not to forsake. Now, you have to, sh- you have to show some wisdom here. You have to say, okay, uh, my husband doesn't want me to go to church on Sunday. My husband, uh, he's, he's uh, against me going to church on Sunday. Uh, I, but God tells me I should go to church. God tells me I should assemble. 
find a happy medium some kind of way. Obviously, we have Wednesday night church. Maybe you can come to Wednesday night church. Find a way to still submit to God and not uh, rub it in your husband's face, so to speak. Uh, Find that balance. Find that balance in that decision. Here's another practical example. Children. Children should obey their parents. Is that not commanded in Scripture? It's commanded, right? It's commanded in Scripture. Children should obey their parents. Uh, But also, children uh, should submit to their authorities, whether it's in school or at church or somewhere else. They're to submit to those authorities. What happens when a school teacher, uh, or maybe, God forbid, a a Sunday school teacher or someone in some other place, uh, position of authority, uh, asks that child to do something that's contrary to what their parents have asked them to do? Now, I'm sure the parents, as Christians, would teach them, hey, you submit to authority, submit to authority, submit to authority. Uh, but at the same time, that authority is asking that child to do something that's contrary to the Bible or contrary uh, to mom and dad. And so they should submit themselves to the higher authority. The higher authority in the child's life would be mom and dad, would be mom and dad. And so we are to be subject unto the higher powers. Now, again, they're to be respectful. Uh, they're to be, you know, have some honor in the way that they uh, maybe have some resistance or whatever the case may be. But they are to honor uh, their parents as their parents are honoring the Lord. And that choice between right and right uh, is made much easier, much simpler when we decide to do what's the commanded Right. The commanded right. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Uh, It doesn't say uh, if it feels good. It doesn't say if it's convenient. It doesn't say if you feel like it. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. And you're probably thinking tonight, okay, Pastor Morales, Easy. I, I get it. Uh, it's a commanded right. It's commanded right. Uh, but what do we do uh, when we're choosing between two rights and they're both commanded uh, and they're both commanded rights? I'm glad you asked. You ask intelligent questions. Let's look at point number two. We see number one, uh, choose which is the commanded right. Point number two, which is the most common right? Which is the most common right? Uh, in, in other words, if we have two things uh, and they're both commanded, they're both right, they're both good, uh, but uh, there's no specific timetable for either one of those rights, then we are to choose that right that's commanded most commonly or most frequently in Scripture. All right, let me give you an example. We are commanded in Scripture uh, to go and tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we got Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Uh, we have Mark 16, 15. Uh, there's Ezekiel chapter 3, Ezekiel chapter 33. Uh, we have uh, all, uh, uh, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Verse after verse after verse after verse saying, go witness, go witness, go witness, go tell, go tell, go tell. Right? So soul winning is a command. But Bible study is also a command. Uh, we should study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, we need to give attention to reading. Uh, the Bible commands us to study God's word. But if you've read the Bible any length of time, you will know that we are commanded to witness a whole lot more than we're commanded to study. Now, studying is good. Studying is right. We should do it. But not at the expense of soul winning. I know too many people who all they do is study. All they do is read. All they do is a fill up books and, and, and fill up uh, notebooks. And, and they, have, they have all kinds of study material all over the place. They're filling themselves with Bible knowledge, but they're not giving it out to anyone. And that's not right. 
Now, there's others that all they do is witness and all they do is hand out tracts and all they do is talk to people about the Lord, but they never actually study. And, and those people will run across, say, a, a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon or someone that's of a cult type of belief, and, and they'll be all twisted and, and, and they'll be all like in a pretzel because they can't defend their faith because they haven't studied the Word of God well enough. So which is the most common right? Should we study the Bible? Absolutely. Should we soul win or witness to be a testimony for the Lord? Absolutely. If we have to choose between the two, choose the most common, the most frequently mentioned in Scripture. All right? Uh, here, here's one that will bring it down on the shelf where everyone will understand. Uh, so tithing is commanded in Scripture. Tithing is commanded in Scripture. Giving 10% of our income to God is a command. Uh, it's not a suggestion. Uh, it's not something that, well, you know, if, if you have it. No, God says if I've given you any increase, uh, you should give 10%. That's a command. But also... Uh, providing for our families is also commanded in Scripture. Uh, Making sure that our our children, our our spouses are cared for and and everyone is is fed and and clothed to the best of our ability, that's a command. We should do that. As a matter of fact, the Bible is so clear that uh, if we don't do that, uh, that we'll be disobeying God. And so the question comes when, when you know, the the things are tight, uh, there's more month at the end of your money, uh, your money is funny and your change is strange because you don't have enough. And so and you run out and, and you think, I got to go to church and, and, and pastor's going to talk about putting that box in the front and walking up to that box. And, and what do I do? What do I do when the cupboards are bare? What do I do when I can't go to the store because I just don't have it in the bank? To, what do I do? Do I take that tithe and say, well, I'm going to use the tithe. Listen, I. Am I the only one that's ever been tempted to do this? I can't be the only one. I can't be. I've been tempted to take the tithe and say, well, if I take this 10%, if I take this tithe and I pay this bill, or I take this tithe and I buy that groceries, and I take this tithe and I use it for that, then I'll be taking care of my family. And God says, no. He says, I want you to have faith that I will take care of your family. I want you to trust me to take care of your family. Now, don't be foolish, of course, and, and don't be ignorant and, and, and just ignore the things that need to be done. But at the same time, if we have a choice between tithing uh, and, and, and working overtime on Sunday, uh, tithing uh, and, and taking that money and using it for bills, listen, God is very clear. We are to choose the most commanded right. And we're commanded way more times to give, of our, give to the Lord than we are to provide for our families. Is everybody with me tonight? Is this making sense to anybody? Okay. Y'all are still awake? Okay. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the next one. We see which is the commanded right, number one. Uh, number two, which is the most common right? Okay. And number one, you see uh, some are commanded, some are just encouraged. Make sure we choose the commanded right. Number two, which is the most common right? Sometimes both are commanded. Uh, one is commanded a little more frequently than the other. So choose that one. Number three, which is the called right? Which is the called right? In Colossians chapter number 3, in verse number 1, the Bible says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. 
Uh, he says in verse 1, seek those things which are above. Uh, he says in verse number 2, set your affection on things above. Uh, he's saying in this passage, have your focus on heavenly things. On heavenly things, spiritual things. Uh, not just the earthly, not just the physical, but spiritual, the heavenly, uh, that which is going to matter in eternity. He says, focus on those things. Uh, in other words, what is the, the, the best right in your life when you have to choose between two rights? What is the best right that fulfills what God has called you personally to do? In other words, okay, what God, has God called you to do uh, with your life uh, that will impact eternity while you're here on earth? When, when those decisions come in your life and you have to choose between a right and a right, you have to decide, okay, uh, this is the right that fits my calling. This is the right that fits what God has called me to do. Now, this right over here isn't bad. This right is okay, uh, but that's not what God's called me to do. Uh, this fits what God's called me to do. And I, okay, let me give you an example. Um, uh, I married Trina when uh, we were 18 years old in uh, December. I'll get it right. Uh, can't mess that up. Uh, December of 1993. Okay, we got married. So uh, he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. Uh, and she is the wife that God has given me. She is the wife of my youth, and, and God's teaching me, hey, I, I need to be satisfied with her and committed to her and, and loyal to her and, and love her like the Lord loves me and all those types of things. And so uh, if, if I'm called now that she is my wife, we are called to each other, uh, we are to remain with each other, there are things that are going to try to distract me uh, when it comes time for me to spend time with Trina. For instance, if I were to say, we have a, a, a weekly date time, okay? Uh, it varies. There used to be a time when our kids were in, in, in the home. Uh, it was a specific day, a specific time. Now it kind of varies a little bit. Uh, but nonetheless, we have a time where we spend time with each other. We go out and get a bite to eat. Uh, we go and travel different places. We just spend time with one another. If I were to say, well, you know, God's called me to be a pastor and God's called me to shepherd people and God's called me to bless people and help people spiritually. Uh, if, if there comes a time where uh, someone needs me or someone calls me and, and, and I have to choose between spending time with Trina or spending time with this church member. Hmm, I'm in a pickle, right now, obviously, I can adjust I can say, hey, can I call you later? Can I call you tomorrow? Can we schedule an appointment? Or, or, or I could go to my wife and say, now this is what I can't do. All right, this is what I can't do. I can't, I can't call another man and say, hey, will you take my wife on a date for me in my place? Because I'm kind of busy right now. I got to take care of this. And, and, and normally we go on a date and she's expecting us to go on a date. And, but right now I, I just can't. I don't have time. Can you please, can you imagine how that conversation would go? It wouldn't work out for me, would it? I cannot delegate something that God has called me and only me to do. You see, I can delegate all kinds of other things. I can delegate uh, my, my, my oil change. I can delegate, which I do myself, but if, if, if I don't have time, I'll pay someone else to do it. I can delegate, you know, the grass being cut at the house. I can delegate a repair being done at home. I can delegate all kinds of things. I cannot, I cannot delegate my time with my wife. Can't do it. It's impossible. I cannot husband by proxy. Are, are you with me tonight? The same is true with parenting. 
I cannot delegate my parenting uh, to the Christian school, to the public school, uh, to the Sunday school teacher, uh, to the junior church preacher, uh, to the church. I, I can't delegate it. It's my responsibility as a dad, uh, as a parent, to be there for and with my children. Now, obviously, there are times when they'll be in school. There are times when they'll be away. There are times they won't be with us 24 hours a day. I get all of that. But listen, when it comes to choosing between a right and a right, let's make sure we choose what we're called to do. You see, Jasmine, Julia, Jocelyn, and Joy only have one father, one earthly father, and that's me. No one else can fill those shoes. No one else can be daddy to them. Now, we understand, spiritually speaking, God is their father. They're saved. They, they trusted the Lord as their savior, and God is their father. We understand that. But I mean earthly, fleshly, humanly here. I'm the only one that can fill that role. Now, I know the oldest two, they're married, and they got father-in-laws. It's not the same. They're father-outlaws. Anyway, um, it's not the same. Listen, only I can fill the role of dad in their life. And so I have to choose. Am I going to spend time with my children? Am I I going to invest in my children? Or or am I going to do something else that maybe is more fun or more exciting or or more enjoyable for me? Because parenting is hard. Would you all agree? Parenting is tough. There were times where I wanted to just throw in the towel and say, I'm done with this. I don't like it. But God says, no, this is what you're called to do. You are called to do this. And so uh, we have that choice between two rights at times, and we need to make sure we choose the right that's based on our calling. Our calling. Okay? Uh, Pastor Lejeune and myself were both called to pastor, uh, to love on people, uh, and there will be many good things that will vie for our attention. Uh, many good things that will vie for our attention that are not our calling. Okay? Uh, sports is one of the issues that I have, right? It vies for my attention. It wants me to focus on sports and read sports and do this and watch sports. And, 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 and God says, are you called to sports or are you called to be a pastor? And my wife is saying, amen. I see it. She ain't saying it, but I can see it. So we got to be careful. we got to be careful. Uh, Romans eleven twenty nine says, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, uh, the, the Apostle Paul said this, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. He says, I've not attained. I've not uh, gotten there. I'm still working on this. Uh, this is still a work in progress. Uh, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What did the Apostle Paul say by inspiration of the Holy Spirit? He said, I got laser focus. Laser focus. I'm focused on what God has called me to do. And anything that distracts me from that, I have to eliminate or at least uh, put on the side for the time being. I have to stay focused on what God has called me to do. You ever been there where... You, you got your agenda for the day, and you're going to do this, this, and this, and this. And all these things are important things, and they got to get done. And, and, and you set off on your, on your day uh, and try to accomplish all these things on your to-do list, and then this over here happens, and that over there happens, and this phone call happens, and, and then you get a flat tire, and then that over there happens. And, and all of a sudden, you take your agenda, and you just throw it in the trash. Just, I can't get to it. Be careful. Be careful. There's some things on that agenda that only you can do. 
There's some things on that to-do list that is your calling. You must complete those things. Do not be distracted by the insignificant things of life that will vie for your attention. Uh, Trina thinks I have ADHD and I've never been diagnosed. Maybe I do. I don't know. Um, she says I'm easily distracted. I mean easily distracted. Uh, it's like a dog when they see a squirrel. You know, squirrel, right? You know, and... and and she says, I have that dilemma. You know, uh, my, my mind will be here, and all of a sudden I see something, and boom. And then I see something else, and boom. And, and, and God has, has tried to teach me and continues to teach me, focus. Focus. Stay focused. What have I called you to do today? What am I expecting you to accomplish today? Don't let yourself be sidetracked by all these other things that will vie for your attention and in the, in the society we live with cell phones and internet and media and, and, and videos and, and, and news feeds and all these kinds of things, they're a distraction at times. Y'all with me? They're a distraction. I'll be busy working and busy doing what God has called me to do and all of a sudden, ding, the phone goes off. Or all of a sudden, ding, an email comes through. Or all of a sudden, the phone rings. And you know what I do? I gotta look at it. See what's happening. Uh, Let me see. Uh, There are times when I literally have to turn the thing off to finish and accomplish what God is calling me to finish and accomplish for that day. We got to be careful. We got to be careful. And so uh, there are things that we can delegate. Uh, There are things that we cannot delegate. Only we can do them. Only you can be a spouse to your husband or wife. Only you can be a parent uh, to your children. Only you uh, can be uh, what God has called you to do. Let's make sure that we stick to it. Keep that laser focus. Uh, Which is the commanded right, number one. Which is the most common right, number two. Uh, Which is the called right, number three. And lastly, number four, and this one is very interesting, which is the chronological right? Which is the chronological right? I would have put it, which is the scheduled right? But scheduled does not start with the C, C letter. So we have to go with chronological. Which is the scheduled right? If you have a scheduled event, if you have a scheduled responsibility, and something good or right comes up that conflicts with that scheduled event or that scheduled responsibility, which one do you do? Psalm 15, verse 1 through 4, the Bible says this. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. God, through the psalmist, is saying, the people that will be with me, the people that will dwell with me, are those that walk uprightly, those that work righteousness, those that speak the truth. Verse 3, he that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. Verse 4 is the one I want to focus on. Who's going to dwell in your tabernacle, Lord? Who's going to uh, be with you, uh, walk in your holy hill, dwell in your holy hill? Verse 4. In whose eyes a vile person is contemned, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. Here's, here's the phrase right here. The last part of verse 4 in Psalm 15. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. You know what that means? That means the people that are godly people, people that are, are, are people that would be considered to be in the presence of God, in the tabernacle of God, in the holy hill of God, are those that give their word and keep it. It doesn't matter how inconvenient it becomes. It doesn't matter how it's going to hurt them. They said, I give you my word. I'm going to keep my word. 
You see, even if it hurts me, even if it messes me up, even if it's inconvenient for me, I'm going to keep my word. Listen, I can't make this point any louder or any clearer. There are way too many Christians that give their word to serve or to minister. And as as soon as something more fun, as soon as something more interesting comes up, then they back out. At the last minute even. Miss Cheryl, can I get a can I get a testimony as far as uh, uh, nursery, right? Nursery. People backing out. People backing out. Listen, we got if we give our word, let's keep it. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, it's better that we not vow than that we vow and not pay. Let's make sure we keep our word. What is the chronological right? What is the scheduled right? Nothing is more frustrating to a leader than someone whom they cannot depend on. Regularly scheduled events uh, should take precedence over anything else. The regular routine should have priority. And we're all guilty of it. We've all done it. Uh, we all say, well, you know, I got this thing scheduled, but man, this over here came up. I- I'm going to go do that because that's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to enjoy that. Man, I've been wanting to do that for a long time. And, and, by, and at the same time, these people over here who are depending on us, waiting on us, trusting in us, we leave them hanging. Why? Because we decided to do something not evil, not wicked, not immoral, but just something more fun, uh, something more enjoyable. Instead of keeping our commitments. Walt Disney was ruthless in cutting anything that got in the way of a story's pacing. Ward Kimball was one of the animators for Snow White, and he recalls, listen now, he worked 240 days, almost a year, 240 days on just a four and a half minute sequence in which in the movie Snow White, the dwarves made soup for Snow White, uh, and they almost destroyed the kitchen in the process. Four and a half minutes took him 240 days to put this together. Walt Disney thought that the clip was funny, but he decided that the scene stopped the flow of the movie, and so he put, pulled it out. He yanked it. Can you imagine working 240 days for four and a half minutes, and then the boss saying, nah, don't like it. It's not good enough. It's funny, but it's not good enough. It's not going to work. Take it out. Listen, when the film of our lives is shown. He was making sure that that film was as good as it possibly could be. When the film of our life is shown, will it be as great as it should have been? You see, a lot will depend on the multitude of the good things in life that we need to eliminate to make room for the great things that God is trying to do in and through us. I'll put it, I'll end it this way. Good is the enemy of great. Good is the enemy of great. I want to be a person that God looks down on and says, he's attempting to accomplish great things for my kingdom. I want to be a person that the, the Heavenly Father looks down and says, that guy, that fellow down there, oh yeah, uh, he's short. And oh yeah, he's got shortcomings. And oh yeah, but he is trying to do some great things. And in the process, he's eliminating some good things that he could have, that he could enjoy, that he could do. Which is the chronological right? Which is the, common, the most common right? Which is the commanded right? Uh, which is the called right. I don't know about you, but I've been there where I have to decide between something good 
and something else that's also good, and that's tough. That's difficult. And many times in my Christian walk, I've, I've gone back to these principles and I've said, well, this is what God's called me to do. This is what I'm going to do. Or this is what God mentions more frequently in Scripture. I'm going to choose this. Or this is what is already scheduled. Uh, this is what I committed to. I am going to choose to do that. So, Christian, let's make sure we choose between a right and a right. By the way, when we choose between a right and a wrong, try to choose the right. Amen. And try to choose the right. But when we're choosing between a right and a right, what is the commanded right? What is the most common right? Uh, what is the called right? What is the chronological right? Now, I'm not guaranteeing that you'll make the right decision every single time, because I know I haven't. But it has helped me, applying these principles has helped me to avoid making the wrong decisions more uh, than I would have. And I thank God for the principles in his word. And so he says, it's right to love your father, it's right to love your mother, but it's right to love me more. Let's make sure we love him more and we choose what best honors him. Let's bow together for a prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we love you tonight. Lord, we thank you for the principles that you've given to us in your word. Lord, we ask that you would help us in those times when we have to choose between something that's good and something else that's also good. Lord, help us to choose the correct right. Lord, we thank you for the example of uh, the, the fellow that started Sony, he, he chose, uh, and, and you blessed that. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the example of this, this couple who had to choose. Uh, Lord, although we don't know the end result, but Lord, they were in a pickle. They were in a, a, a situation where they had to choose between two good things. And Lord, we're all there at times. Lord, from time to time, we have to choose between something good and something else that's good. Lord, please help us to apply these principles and make decisions that glorify you. And Lord, we give you the glory for it. We thank you again in Jesus' name we pray.